This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome. We are here again for another episode of the No Near Never YouTube show and cast. Um, we're in still on cloud nine. We haven't yet got over that fantastic game on Tuesday night where the Clarets flinched promotion in the backyard of Ewood Park in front of our local rivals and our fiercest competitors. Um, and we're still not over it. However, we do have work to get back to because there is another championship game which we need to um, preview. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, and joining me this week is our resident statistician, Dave Statman-Roberts, and we're going to be looking ahead to the Clarets' away trip to Bristol City. So, let's go. Dave, are you still on cloud nine? How are you feeling? I'm still giddy. I can't get off my phone. I can't stop watching content. It's amazing. Yeah, there's been plenty of content, hasn't there? All the uh, post-match celebrations and everything afterwards and uh, special editions of the Burnley Express coming out on Friday. It'll keep going and going and going for quite a while. And then the news of the parade as well, obviously. Right. Uh, Tuesday. Coming up as well. The Tuesday after the Last Cardiff game of the game. season. Yes, correct. I mean... I'm I've just been a massive fan of the club's content all season. I think our media team are absolutely incredible. I think the team that they've now got in there to cover socials and and the content that they put out on on social media is absolutely incredible. But this week has just been something else, hasn't it? Just everything that's has just landed perfectly and I've just been I've just been loving being a Burnley fan this week. Yeah, what happens on the pitch has been great, but yeah, all the surroundings of it and uh... Yeah, it's a different era, isn't it? You think back to promotions of previous times and you kind of, you maybe got a few photographs afterwards and, and that was it, whereas now it kind of, uh, yeah, you're getting all sorts and, uh, yeah, it's, it's there to to watch for years to yeah. come. It'll be a the club's legacy. moved on. The club understands what it needs to do to stay relevant and to be modern and to and to deliver to its fans the content that it that it craves. It it. it it, it understands what we want as individuals, as consumers, I guess. 
Uh, yeah, I think I think it always has to an extent, but it's it's been resourced better. Obviously, it's res- yeah. resourced much more now than it was in the past. I think the ideas were previously there, but perhaps there wasn't the uh, uh, the mindset to do much or to do as much about it. And now, obviously, the well, it is a different era, and uh, that is a, a much higher priority. And yeah, we yeah. see a lot coming out of the club, which is good for everyone, whether you're at a local town or anywhere around the world, you, you see what's going on at Burnley Football Club. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, let's park the derby for now and the title because we have already covered that. Now, for those of you who haven't yet checked out our immediate match preview, uh, podcast listeners, just head over to your usual podcast provider and you can see... Um, you will be able to see the latest episode and uh, anybody watching this through our YouTube channel, just go back to our channel and you'll be able to see the video up there as well. We had a few talking points on there. We looked at marvellous, magical Manuel. We looked at the talking points from the game, the potential red card and the handball. We looked at the surprise um, centre-half partnership of Alda Keel and Charlie Taylor and just generally got very, very giddy and excited. So do check that out before we uh, we move on to the rest of the season. In the meantime, Dave, we do have a quiz question which we need to give our listeners an answer to. The last time, so in that Blackburn uh, preview show, we asked the listeners the following question. The Clarets had won on all of the last three visits to Ewood Park in all competitions prior to this week and made it four on Tuesday night. But when was... But when was the previous occasion that Burnley completed a sequence of four away wins at Ewood Park? We want the year of the fourth win in the sequence. Oof, that's a bit of a mouthful. I think that makes sense. What was the answer, Dave? And did any of our listeners get it right? Uh, Well, we were going back a while. And the correct answer was uh, 1966. It was New Year's Day, in fact, at Ewood Park. First of the first, 1966. Uh, a Burnley win there, fourth in a row, and we did have uh, a correct answer as well. That's an impressive correct answer. Who got that right? Uh, Andy Richings, a regular quizzer, got in touch with the correct answer and giving us the uh, the date and the score as well. And, uh, yeah, spot on again, Andy. Well done. Well done, Andy. That is very, very impressive. I couldn't even hazard a guess at that, so that is very impressive. Um, okay, let's have a look at the next fixture the first fixture that the Clarets will play as champions of the championship we are away at Bristol City it's Saturday the 29th of April it's a 3pm kickoff Dave can you kick us off please with our preview with this week's championship head-to-head certainly yes as well as spending six seasons together in the third tier Burnley and Bristol City have also had plenty of league action in the second tier this weekend's match will be our 19th away trip to face the Robins at this level And so we're going to provide you with a summary of the other 18. Burnley failed to win any of the first five, picking up a 1-1 draw, but losing the other four from the 1900s, when Burnley weren't the Clarets, but the Greens. The first three of those matches were at St John's Lane, their previous home, and included an especially heavy 6-0 defeat in November 1903. Ashton Gate has been the Robins' home for all of our other visits, and we picked up our first win there in March 1912 before earning another point in a 3-3 draw in February 1913. Uh, Burnley were also unbeaten on two visits in the 1930s. We drew 1-1 in March 1931, and then Jack Kelly scored a hat-trick to help us to an emphatic 6-1 win. That was in March 1932. 
Uh, we then skip ahead to the 1970s and Paul Fletcher scored both of our goals in a 2-0 win in December 1971. And in the following season, Martin Dobson scored the only goal as we won 1-0 in December 1972. Uh, we didn't face each other at this level in the 1980s and the only time we met in the second tier in the 1990s, our away match finished as a 1-1 draw. That was despite playing most of the match with 10 men following the dismissal of Chris Vinicom after just 23 minutes. Uh, since then, uh, since the turn of the millennium, we've made six trips to Ashton Gate and secured three wins. Following a 2-2 draw in September 2007, thanks to an injury time equaliser from Clark Carlisle, we made the long trip to Bristol again just before Christmas in the 2008-2009 promotion season. And this is a match I remember well, as I was alongside Phil Bird to provide coverage for Claret's World, as it was back then. Uh, it was goalless at half-time, but we fell behind to a goal just after the break from Nicky Maynard. It took just five minutes for Martin Patterson to head in the equaliser before Stephen Thompson popped up with a winner in the 77th minute. Uh, we suffered two defeats at Ashton Gate with Eddie Howe in charge, uh, 2 nil in March 2011 and 3-1 in November 2011, which just leaves two more matches on our list. Uh, both of which were memorable away wins for the Clarets. Uh, the seven-goal thriller from the 2012-13 season has earned a place in our memory match feature, and you can hear all about that very soon, which just leaves a 2-1 win in the early stages of the 2015-16 season. Uh, first half goals from a couple of defenders, Ben Mee and Michael Keane, put the Clarets into a two-goal lead at the break. And despite a late consolation from Jonathan Codger, we won that match, which was also our most recent visit by a 2-1 scoreline. Overall, we've won more matches than we've lost. In 18 second-tier away matches against Bristol City, we've won seven, drawn five and lost six. And in terms of goals scored in those matches, it's 30 versus 28 in favour of the Robins. Wow, good stuff. Some real Clarets legendary names in that, that content there, Dave, as well. Um, every time I think about that, uh, that promotion season the very first one with likes of Tomo and Patterson in there it always uh, gives me some good memories okay moving on we are now need to discuss what has become a very fond feature in preview show history it is of course rate the celebrity fans this was a funny one this week because we wouldn't necessarily have thought that Bristol City had a particularly prolific uh, group of celebrity fans. However, I feel like you're about to surprise us, Dave. How did this feature go this week for you? Oh, we've got a good group, I think. Got a decent selection. Might, might be a few surprises, as you say, for people. Uh, this is our penultimate set of celebrity fans. We've rated uh, everyone apart from Bristol City and obviously Cardiff City, who we play in the final game. We'll be doing that before that preview, and then maybe doing something special at the end of the season looking at uh, Burnley's celebrity fans as well and comparing them. That'll be uh, a little bit different to look at. But on to Bristol City's fans. Uh, we can, we've can we picked out six, and these are the six we've chosen. Uh, John Cleese, actor, comedian and writer, obviously famously uh, Monty Python and Faulty Towers, amongst uh, other projects. Uh, Jensen Button, the form uh, former Formula One world champion. Uh, Tony Robinson, actor, broadcaster, and author, uh, famous for his role Old as Baldrick in the yes, and also on uh, Time Team, and he's written quite a lot of books as well. 
Uh, Marcus Truscothic, the former England cricketer, uh, he's also an honorary vice president of Bristol City, so he's he's definitely a fan. He's definitely mm. uh, uh, worthy of including. Whoa, well, hang on a minute. Does that not fall in owner category? Honorary vice president? No. That is suspiciously no. similar to the mantle of owner, David. You mm. make these rules up as you go along. I swear to goodness. You're going to have more of a a a. a, a, a Axe to grind, perhaps with the sixth name on the list as as go usual. Was like, the, Let the me best. have it. Let me have so, it. That was four. So number five was uh, Jonathan Pierce, uh, football commentator, okay. high-profile football commentator, and then number six is uh, Banksy, the enigmatic street artist. Hang on a minute. Okay. <laughs> Possibly made-up person. Nobody knows who he is. How on earth do you know that he's a Bristol City fan? What is this nonsense? Well, when you when you read up about these things and and where he's done uh, projects and one thing or other, and also uh, Bristol Rovers fans uh, defacing his art because he's allegedly a Bristol City fan. So yeah, that I'm is, not yeah. having this. That's honestly, listeners. Your task for this week and for your summer homework project is to come up with a set of rules that Dave Roberts has to actually follow for the celebrity fans or any other feature that we do next year. Because quite frankly, I've lost all control of him. Um, I'm not having Banksy as being in that list. However... Would you like the words of him said? Yes, why aren't they in the list? Well, can you name a Wurzel? Can you Can you name who Banksy is? <laughs> honestly this is a listeners I, I say this every single week this is the this is the nonsense that i have to put up with i i don't think i've ever had any control over dave roberts and that's probably fair but i've, I've lost any control i ever did have this season um if we ignore that sixth choice as we tend to have been doing dave that's a pretty solid list what did um the non and ever team do in terms of um scoring that i think they were coming in at strong sevens and eights I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, what, what would you have put it as? I'd probably go in the middle. I'd go for a seven and a half. That would seem like a fair score from me. Yeah, I think it deserves an eight. I'm going to stick with the upper limits of this. I think that's a really, really solid... Um, and I think it deserves to be um, up in the top of that table there. So, Bristol City, you score eight for your celebrity fans. Congratulations. That is a solid, solid list, and we are impressed. Um... Memory match then, please, Dave. What uh, little nugget have you picked for us this week? Yeah, well, we touched on it before. Uh, back in October 2012, Burnley Football Club was in a period of flux. Eddie Howard decided to up sticks and drop a division to return as Bournemouth manager. And Terry Pashley was in caretaker charge of the Clarets, while the board were in the process of deciding who would be next in the hot seat. Uh, 351 Burnley fans made the trip to Bristol for this midweek match on Tuesday, 23rd of October, 2012. And despite the speculation, none of us could be certain who would be our next manager. Meanwhile, the Robins were managed by Derek McInnes, and there was a familiar name on the team sheet for the opposition. Can you think who that might have been? Heaton. Yes, Tom, future claret Tom Heaton was in goal for the home side. Uh, the match kicked off at 7.45pm, and within 10 minutes, we'd taken the lead. It was no surprise to see Charlie Austin's name on the score sheet as he'd been scoring goals for fun in the early months of the season. This was actually 17th of the campaign 
uh, and the season was only a couple of months old. Uh, Stephen Davis scored from a free kick after 17 minutes to level the scores, and that's the way it stayed until half-time. Almost 15 minutes into the second half, Mark Wilson handled to concede a penalty and upset Charlie Austin to net goal number 18 of the season to restore the lead. And within a minute, Martin Patterson's deflected shot went in to make it 3-1. But Eddie Howe's team had some defensive frailties. He may not have still been there, but the team had he'd left... That's, a, uh, that's an understatement. After Michael Duff was penalised for holding in the box... Uh, Sam Baldock put away the res- resulting spot kick to pull one back with 13 minutes remaining. And it looked like Burnley might hold on for the win. But after Albert Adoma's free kick came back off the crossbar, Paul Anderson put away the rebound to make it 3-3. This was in the 90th minute. But there was still time for Pashley's Claret to somehow find a win. As Kieran Trippier's cross was headed in by Chris McCann from an acute angle for a late, late winner in the sixth minute of added time. Following the win, Burnley climbed to 14th place in the table, although the general feeling was that the new manager, whoever he was, would have a tough task ahead of him, especially defensively. But as we now know, it worked out well in the end. Yeah, definitely. It definitely did. God, what a... All the chills. It's difficult, isn't it? Because there's been so many incredible moments in Burnley's history over the past um, decade and this week has just we've just been on cloud nine it just it just feels like this never happens to us as Burnley and and, and it's incredible for our new fans because they're just enjoying wave after wave of of success and long long may that continue but for for a lot of us from a certain generation when we're used to difficult times and being um the struggles it, it there's almost that kind of little worry in the back of your mind isn't there that it's going to get taken away from you I think well, we'll enjoy it well. That. Yeah, definitely. Don't get me wrong. I, I, those fears are melting away. I, I, each time I feel like um, feel like we, we're good now. But yeah, I still have that, that Burnley fan in me. Um, opposition view. Do we have an opposition view this week? I'm not sure I checked this with producer Matt before I came on. We do, sorry? I think we have, but I can't remember we who do, We do have a an opposition view. Um, listeners? terrible preparation on my part, but I don't appear to know who that is. So I'm going to sit here and be the professional that I am and say, we do like to give you our the thoughts of our opposition fans. So here we are with their view of the game. Bristol City fan. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, first of all, uh, to all Burnley supporters, congratulations on your team making it back to the Premier League, something that, uh, well, we haven't been there since uh, 1980. And uh, for all that time, I've been watching them. And before that, uh, we're hoping that we do get back one day, but not this season, which has been a bit like the Curate's Egg. We started off like a train. uh, First eight games produced 16 points, top scorers in the league. But then after the cessation for a week due to the Queen's passing, uh, it really all went downhill. Um, and in fact, right the way through to the end of the year, it was mediocre uh, at best. Uh, but the start of the year saw a change of fortune. and We went on a 12-match unbeaten run, only uh, ended by um, Man City. And that acted as a bit of a watershed as well, because in 11 games since playing at Man City in the fifth round of the FA Cup at the end of Feb, We've only uh, won three, so not great form. We did get a 2-1 win against perennial relegation strugglers Rotherham last weekend. Excuse me. How do uh, City line up? Well, Dan Bentley, who would have been out of contract this summer, is no longer in goal. Uh, So we have Max O'Leary, although he's been under a little bit of pressure in some quarters. Um, Playing with a flat-back four, um, and the likely lineup is going to be George Tanner, uh, Zach Viner, the most improved player in the squad this season. Uh, Cal Naismith, the former Luton Town uh, midfielder, but he can play anywhere really. Uh, and then at left back, Cam Pring, uh, he's been a bit of a a bit of a revelation. It's fair to say. In the middle of the park, uh, in terms of holding, uh, Nigel Pearson uh, has tended to rely on uh, in recent games with Matty James and. Uh, Andy King, who we knew from his Leicester times. And then obviously you're going to have experience of seeing our uh, EFL player of the season, Alex Scott. Everybody's thinking that's going to be his last home game of the season or last appearance at home for City. Might explain why there's over 22,000 fans expected for what is a dead rubber game as far as we're concerned. Up front, you can put any uh, three from seven, really. Uh, Tommy Conway broken into the side one of the youth players that's come through like Alex Scott uh, we've also had um, uh, Sykes it was a good, had a good season having signed from Oxford in the summer obviously Naki Wells who you'll know he scored at uh, Turf Moor in the uh, reverse fixture at the start of the season which we lost 2-1 uh, and then Andy Vyman he scored his 50th goal for uh Bristol City last uh, weekend. He came on as a sub uh, in that particular game. And another one of the youngsters that's come through is uh, Sam Bell, son of the former player, uh, Mickey Bell. So it should be an interesting game. I'm predicting that City will end the season with a win. I'm going to go 2-1 for us. As I say, sorry to uh, spoil it for you, but you can have your celebration proper uh, against uh, Cardiff, I think, in the last game of the season for you. But uh, it should be a good game. And uh, as I say, I'm hoping we win. And uh, But more importantly, best of luck back in the Premier League next season. Cheers, everyone.
referee then, please, Dave? Who's in the middle? Uh, we've got David Webb of Stanley in Durham. He's back again. Uh, he'll take charge of a Burnley match for the fourth time this season. Uh, we drew the first of those. That was 1-1 at home to Stoke City, but we won the other two. Uh, they were both also at Turf Moor as we beat Middlesbrough 3-1 in December, despite a very dodgy red card and penalty award, as well as the 1-0 victory over Coventry City in January. In total, David Webb has refereed 10 Burnley matches, which resulted in seven Burnley wins, one draw and just two defeats, although they were back in 2010 and 2012. Uh, we mentioned uh, a red card in that match against Middlesbrough uh, when the late dismissal of Connor Roberts fortunately didn't have an impact on the result and was quite uh, correctly rescinded after the match. We can only hope that there are no further imaginary handballs at Ashton Gate this weekend. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, so, Dave, this is, as I mentioned at the beginning of the, of the um, show, our first game as champions. We hope and expect to get a guard of honour from the Bristol City players when we go in there. Vincent companies talked this week about seeing how many points we can get, trying to get over into the 100 club. He yeah. kind of did say, he said well, he, it, after the game it, on it, Tuesday, it, he did. He said, well, in the pre-match interview for this, he said he wasn't focusing on, on the points, he was focusing on the game. So uh, from from his point yeah, of view, he's he's not really the focus. Well, immediately after the game on Tuesday, they did talk about trying to get as many points as they can. And that was definitely the message coming out of the club. Um, but he did say that after promotion and said they were going to try and get the title and beyond, and obviously it never really happened. What does what does he do with these last two games, starting with Bristol City away, who are, you know, this is two teams with literally nothing else to play for. Does he literally make wholesale changes and try and give fringe players a chance, or does he let the first team, the starting eleven, who got us promotion and got us the title, a chance to showboat a bit? What do you do? Um, I think there might be one or two changes. I mean, we, we were surprised a little bit by the team uh, lineup when it came out for uh, for Tuesday night, particularly central defence, as you as you mentioned. But um, yeah, it's it's one of those where they, they'll have looked what's going on in training. They, they'll have seen the team uh, during the week, um, and they'll have a, a, a plan in mind. He'll have what he wants to get out of uh, the next couple of games in terms of discovering about players who perhaps haven't had as much game time. Uh, as the season's gone on, but that's not to say there are any lesser players that, in terms of the squad we've got. It's a very, very strong squad, um, and whichever 11 he puts out, they're more than capable of going and getting a win at, at mm. Bristol City. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, okay, so let's let's put you in charge of the dressing room then. Who do you play? What team selections do you make? You might be tempted to give uh, Jay a start. He's, he's obviously yeah. he's, he's had a couple of games where he's come off the bench. Uh, maybe that's an option to 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 start him uh, on Saturday. That that's an option. Um, in terms of uh, defence, I'm not too sure. Again, with with that, it has changed around quite a lot in the uh, the previous uh, few matches. Maybe it goes back to um, I don't know. If it down to me, I'd, I'd probably play Bayer and uh, Taylor Harwood Bellis. I'd have those two. Um, uh, we're, we're assuming that Bayer's foot injury is not going to keep him out for the rest of the season, of course. We, do, we don't know for certain on, on that. They, they, again, he was fairly cagey in the press conference what was uh, what was going on with that, so we, we don't know. But obviously, if he's not available, we've got op other options as well. I mean, I, I guess it would be more than likely uh, Alder Keel will be starting, I would have thought. 
Um, obviously, he, he could play Charlie Taylor, but I'm not sure he's going to learn too much more about having Charlie Taylor in the team. That's that's um, perhaps not going to be the uh, uh, the focus of it. Um, and then the the rest of the team perhaps picks them themselves. I think you'd be tempted to to probably go with your your strongest team uh, in other parts of the pitch. You keep Murich in goal. You'd probably have um, Cullen and Brownhill. Um, Benson, I don't know. Do you, he's done so well when he's come off the bench and the fact that he did come off the bench, he kind of hinted at that, didn't he, when he did his uh, post-match press conference saying that he felt a little bit bad not starting him, but knew that he had the ability to come on and change the game. And and wow, did he do that. I mean, th- goal of the season is going to be interesting this season. It's basically just... Um, it's it's Benton scoring that same goal five times, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And <laughs> you, well, the, the the last three goals of his are all goal of the season contenders. I think it's three in a week is identical. Yeah, yeah, and 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 he's done another one before. Then I think it's four this season. He's done mm. maybe it's more, maybe it's five that he's done. Um, at least five, yeah. I think it's at least five where he's done that trick where he comes in, puts mm. on his left, and just yeah. fires it off. It's pretty incredible. Um. Did I have another question? What else was I going to say? Uh, do we think we'll see Teller before the end of the season? That's what I was going to ask you. I, I don't think we will on Saturday. I guess there might be a possibility on uh, on the final match of the season. I think it might be unlikely. Okay, fine. Give me a score prediction then, please, Dave. I think Burnley are going to win, and I'm hoping we're going to get a clean sheet. I think we're going to win 2 0. When we talk about clean sheet records, we had it as our quiz question a couple of episodes ago. Uh, Burnley's record is 21 uh, the clean sheet at Ewood was our 20th so if we have clean sheets in our final two games we'll have 22 and that'll be a club record so that would be nice to get uh, that would be nice. two clean sheets and two wins yeah definitely good stuff um, I'm going to predict a clean sheet and I'm going to say a narrow 1-0 victory for the Clarets I think we've not maybe looked as sharp um, in front of goal as we have done in recent times. So I'm going to say just a narrow win. It's going to be 1-0 to the Clarets. Um, you know the drill by now, listeners. Let us know your score predictions. You can contact us using the social media um, channels in the usual way or drop a comment underneath the um, channel, uh, under the show here if you are watching this episode on YouTube. YouTube. I don't think that's the thing, Dave. YouTube. You've just invented it. I've just invented it. This is a new video sharing platform created by the team at None and Ever and it's exclusively just for us, YouTube. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, also please don't forget to subscribe, please. It does really help the channel build and lets us do more going forward. So if you could click that subscribe button, that would be super helpful. Um, and equally, if you listen to this on the podcast, please do subscribe using your usual uh, podcast provider. And if you can... Leave us a review on um, Apple uh, Podcasts if you are using it on that form because it does does massively help us with the numbers and build the channel. There you go. That's my little plug for this week. Before we move on to the end of the show, um, before we move on to Dave's stat of the week. Oh, actually, shall I do the stat of the week first? Dave, do the stat of the week first because actually what I don't want to do is I've got an important message I want to deliver um, that a friend of ours is promoting. I don't want to, yeah. Do the stats of the week first, please. Treat our listeners into those pockets. What is your miscellaneous stats of the week? Okay, as we've mentioned already, Burnley's memorable win on Tuesday night was our fourth consecutive victory at Ewood Park. However, we've now accumulated six consecutive wins 
home and away in all competitions in the East Lancashire Derby since 2014. Although we've had a sequence of five wins in the past, it's the first time ever we've beaten Rovers six times in a row. Here's to making it seven whenever in the future that might be. Yeah, definitely. Amen to that. Um, we're going to uh, finish off the show with um, our usual quiz question, um, as we normally do. But before we go, I do want to just give a quick shout out to a new project that um, one of the OGs is doing. All of you regular long-term listeners will remember young Adam Howarth, who was one of the original known in ever team who created the channel and the podcast and the blog as it was back in the day. He has a new project on the go at the moment, which I do want to tell you all a little bit about. It's called Out and Out Football. It's a weekly email newsletter about football and LGBTQ plus identity. Started in early 2023 as a way to demonstrate that football is for queer people as much as anyone else. By sharing personal stories and insightful comment about how queer identity intersects with football, it aims to change culture and eradicate stigma in both football and in the queer community. Each week, subscribers get a piece of writing in their inbox. So far, it's covered topics including how coming out as trans helps someone fall back in love with football, how joining an inclusive football team changed someone's life, and how women's football provides a safe space for queer women in non-Western conservative countries. You can go there by visiting outandout.football. The Twitter account is at outandoutfootball. Not the most elegant thing to read out, I appreciate, but Adam has asked us to, to do that one. And the Instagram is at outandoutfootball. Um, do please give them a support and give them um, a subscribe if you can. If you do know anybody out there who would really benefit from the help and the support um, of the LD, LTBG lgbtq plus community i'm so sorry i did try to get that right the first time um football is for everyone none and ever wholeheartedly supports the community and adam's project and any other um sets of fans who just feel that they need a voice and they need to be heard we will be your voice and you can use our platform so do get in touch uh let's finish off then dave with our usual ending a quiz question what are you going to set for the penultimate time this season our lovely listeners well, it could be the last time this season. I'm not sure I'm going to set a quiz question for the uh, last Are you not going to set some summer homework? Uh, no. Okay. I'll have a break. After oh, hang the, on a minute. Did we not set a long-term project for our listeners not so long ago? Something like guessing how many something or others that they would do? Would anyone have guessed 13,000? <laughs> That's a fair point. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Okay, sorry. Carry on. For the last time this season, then, potentially, what is the quiz question? OK, uh, we still have two matches left to play and we're hoping for a few more Burnley goals before the end of the season. But this week, we would like to know, can you name the players who scored the Clarets' final goal of the league season on the last two occasions Burnley won the current championship trophy, which mm. is also known as the Lady? It is known as the Lady, yes, and the Lady is... Home where she belongs. Well, she's not yet. She kind of is. Metaphorically, she is. She'll be, she'll be home with the, the Cardiff game. Um, Dave, how do our listeners submit their answers, please? Uh, you can email us. Uh, if you send an email to previewshow at nonanever.net, you can send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at nonanever. Or you can reply to the posts on Facebook or if you're watching the YouTube down below. 
down below. Um, a couple of extra bits you'll have seen today on the socials, listeners, that Burnley have now opened the voting for the player of the season. We've put our shortlist on there and we're going to be setting out um, a special show shortly to discuss what we think, our, who I think our candidates are going to be. It'd be really interesting to see who you would be picking. I think, judging by our social media feeds this afternoon, Josh Cullen appears to be... Um, head and shoulders above everybody else in terms of favourites so looks like it might be going Josh Cullen's way um, but yeah do let us know who you've picked that would be really interesting um, and yeah as Dave mentioned earlier don't forget the trophy presentation is going to be after the game home game against Cardiff the open top parade is going to be the Tuesday after the last game of the season and final call to arms this Sunday Burnley women are playing at Turf Moor in a historic game and uh, the first time they ever feature on the Turf Moor pitch. We have sold a phenomenal amount of tickets so far. Over 2,500 tickets have been sold. They've released more tickets and opened another stand. This is just fantastic. Um, for those of you who aren't able to make the game, cancel your plans and go. Uh, but those of you who really can't plan cancel the plans, uh, full commentary will be available on BBC Radio Lancashire, where you may hear a familiar voice. That is all we have time for this week. Um, stay tuned next week for immediate reaction to that away game at Bristol City. And we count down to the end of the season. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the Known and Never podcast and football show. Until next time. The Known and Never podcast is brought to you in association with the Talk Sport Fan Network. Natalie Bromley is the host and editor and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Richard Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby, Adam Dennett and Robbie Kopak. Our music is provided by George Gaskill and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonadnever.substack.com. Our thanks as ever go to our partners, TalkSport. We are, as ever, proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.